and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast with me, Demi. And this week I have another awesome guest. Her name is Candace. She is the founder of The Little Litter Project, which is an incredible initiative that is bringing people together to clean up our rubbish and educate people on how they can better recycle their goods and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Candace talks to us about her journey starting the Little Litter Project, how she continuously pushes herself outside of her comfort zone and what that does for her in life, as well as some of her best tips and tricks on how we can live a more sustainable lifestyle and leave a little bit more of a positive impact on the world. I'd just like to apologize quickly for the audio quality in this episode. I'm sorry we had a little bit of a mishap there, but hopefully it does not disrupt your listening pleasure too much. In saying that, let's jump straight into episode 47 of the podcast, Our Big Litter Problem with Candace from The Little Litter Project. Welcome, Candace. Thank you so much for being on the Millennial Crisis podcast. I'm excited to chat today. I think we're going to have some super interesting conversation. I'm going to learn a lot from you. Thank you so much, Demi, for having me. This is such a cool opportunity. And yeah, any chance to kind of talk about the Little Litter Project? Let's um, let's kick things off. I have like three questions to start every podcast. And I feel like when I started the podcast, I was like, mm, can't think of anything creative. Let's just go with the basics. Uh, so my first three questions are, what is your name, age, and what do you do or what are you known for? My name's Candice Colasso. I'm 24 years old. And probably all my friends now know me for being that person that's at the back of them for putting their stuff in the bin or recycling their stuff these days. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of known as that enviro freak or yeah, basically just because of little, little project or how I've become now. Not saying that I'm forcing anything on my friends or I've forced this on them at all, but I think over time everyone's just come to see like my love for the environment, my passion for it. And yeah, honestly, the direction I've taken when it comes to Little Little Project or even starting, having studying science um, and majoring in environments at uni, it's also kind of taken me down this line. So yeah, I think I've kind of been seen as that girl now and I'm totally rocking it and I totally love it. The radical environmentalist, we love that. Isn't it crazy though? It's something that I've noticed like the older I get, as soon as you get into something, you get labelled as like, that person or like you know I am this thing and and when you think about it like being someone that's like pick up your damn rubbish swap this out for this care about our environment it's not a radical idea it's like yeah we we really should be thinking more like that hey we should and I feel like when people think about it they think of like a typical Byron um (laughs) beachy kind of goa like on the, you know what I mean? Hippie, like that, there's that stereotype, hippie vibes. Yeah. yeah. Taking your key pub, using your straw, this, that mesh bags, but no, we're bringing that to Melbourne now. What yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think it, it's so funny. I had this thing. I was like, I, I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago. I had this realization where I was like, Oh, hippies were kind of onto something. Like when I grew up, it was like, hippies are like these like really alternative kind of like people. And I'm like, nah, they're onto something. They're like living this like simple life, all this stuff. I was like, the ideas aren't that crazy. Exactly. Like they're minimalistic, kind of plastic-free, earth-loving, 
Peace Live. Yeah, they were ahead of time. For sure, for sure. Um, For those who don't know what the Little Little Project is, do you want to give us a bit of a bit of a spiel, bit of an elevator pitch on what the Little Litter Project is. No, the Little Litter Project is basically an initiative that I started up about three years ago or just under three years ago and just raising awareness on issues such as plastic pollution and waste management. So this being done through platforms such as Instagram and Facebook and, yeah, I've started doing a couple of school talks and I do local cleanups, community cleanups, which have been a big hit. And yeah, just trying to get the community involved where possible and raise awareness on these important issues because yeah, at the end of the day, we've all got to reduce our waste where possible and be more environmentally conscious when it comes to our decisions. So the Little Little Project kind of gives you tips and tricks um, through social media when it comes to these kind of issues and where to reduce where possible and what to recycle and what not to recycle. And yeah, it's been awesome. I kind of started it up, as I said, three years ago when I was driving back from uni, I used to take the freeway and I used to see so much rubbish on the side of the freeway every time I used to drive back. And I kind of used to think, oh, the council would be doing something about it or um, Vic Roads would be doing something about it. So I just left it and ignored it. And then about six months passed and I noticed that the rubbish was still there and the grass had been cut and everything, but the rubbish was still there. And so I called my local council and I complained about the rubbish and asked them if anyone would be coming to pick it up. And they said that it's actually from Vic Roads because the construction they'd been doing on the freeway in the past couple of months. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so they're like, you might want to get in contact with Vic Roads and have a talk to them about it. And so I was like, okay, no problem. And so I called Vic Roads, spoke to them about the issue and they said that it was my local council's fault. So I was pretty much getting handballed back and forth between Vic Roads and my local council. And then I was like, oh, um, this is really sad. Nothing's being done about it. And I'd noticed around that time of year, it was winter. So all of this plastic wrap um, wrapping all these cups that were thrown on the side of the road, all this illegal dumping had just been getting washed up into our waterways. And that's so sad because I just go straight into our ocean. And so I was thinking about it and I was doing a bit of research into it. And I started to see that on social media, there was a gap. There was no one really posting about it. They would only really post about it if it was on the news or was an event that went down um, or something went down in order for it to be like a big deal. But other than that, there was nothing being raised, uh, no awareness being raised on a smaller scale when it comes to like how to change our day-to-day habits, where to reduce our plastic effects. And like I started hitting people, I made the page for Little Little Project and I started putting scary facts and stats about like um, 8 billion, this is going into the ocean every year and um, this amount of rubbish is being produced by an average household every year and all these scary facts and people started to actually um, slowly gain interest in it and, yeah, slowly started to gain a following and now, yeah, it's been three years and Little Little Project's going strong and the community is growing bigger than ever every year. That's amazing. I, I, I love that story because I think everyone can sit here and think about something that they've seen and been like, even if it's something where they're like, why hasn't this been um, like innovated more of yet? Like whatever it is, it's like, why has no one come up with this? Or why is no one fixing this problem? Because we always go to like, oh, surely someone's doing something about this. Like it seems pretty obvious. And 
it's so funny that there was not like this was such a big one like from a council kind of perspective or a Vic Roads perspective like an eyesore for them but two it's like heart like it's doing a lot of damage in so many other ways and and nobody cared you know and it just like it brings it back to that point of like everyone's just like it's just a job to a lot of people you know like whatever they're doing is just a job and that's why like I think it's so important and it, I think the world would have changed so much if everyone pursued something they actually cared about because if the right people were in those roles, someone would have done something or someone would have cared or someone would have put that extra effort but instead they're just like clocking in and clocking out and like, oh, yeah, I don't want to deal with this today. Let's handball it over to Vic Roads. Exactly. And I think that's the problem. Like you always think that there's someone else out there doing it or you always think that, yeah, it's just this, but it's such a bigger problem and it's such a bigger issue. And if we just had to change our perspective and look at it in another way, or yeah, if we kind of had to take action for those things, then yeah, it would be a different result in the end. So yeah, it was a big step. I'm not going to lie, starting up an initiative like this, especially being like what I was like 21 years old at my peak <laughs> party life, at my peak, you know what I mean? Youth and starting up something with to do with rubbish and doing with litter it was really random and it was really, yeah, it was a big jump and I didn't know who would be on board and yeah, you kind of just had to be consistent with it and yeah, you get results. Kind of always had an interest for science kind of growing up. Um, I took that path and yeah, that kind of included in the environmental science degree kind of included a bit of agriculture, a bit of um, environmental sustainability, like little pockets, bits and pieces, which really yeah, piece together the whole environmental thing. But yeah, it was really interesting because it kind of covered all your topics on, yeah, your typical climate change, but also a bit of geology and this and that. So yeah, it was super interesting. So many different doors that open up from that. And yeah, I really looked into like recycling and waste management and that's how Little Little Project kind of came out. And I wanted to focus solemnly on that, solely on that, because there's so many different topics when it comes to it, but I was like, yeah, I want to focus on this. I want to be consistent with it. And I kind of just want to see results from it. So yeah, that's why Little Litter Project really just focuses on recycling, waste management. So you're 21, you're in your prime like party years. Everyone else is just like, yeah, let's get drunk on the weekend. Like, what are we wearing this weekend? All of that kind of stuff. Like your standard 20 year old year old things. And you're like, but I'm also thinking of starting like this page about picking up rubbish. In the beginning, did you did you tell people you were doing that or was it like, look, I'm going to start this little thing, see what happens and then start sharing? Like what was that process for you in the beginning, taking that first step to be like, it's called a Little Litter Project. Am I telling people about it or am I not? Yeah, so when I, when I started it up, I pretty much started – doing little cleanups around my area, my community, by myself. And I really enjoyed it. It was very satisfying. I'm not going to lie. Like you see somewhere dirty, you go pick up it, pick up all the rubbish and you look at it after and you're like, wow, it's so clean. And every time you drive past that area now, you're like, wow, it's so clean. I did that. Basically, I just started posting like all these scary facts that people that you kind of see and you react straight away. And then once I started gaining a little bit of momentum, I started posting up my individual cleanups and my bags of cleanups at the end of the day and or when I finished a cleanup and what I picked up, I would name like I'd picked up water bottles and cigarette butts and this and that. And yeah, slowly, slowly 
I was using at the start, I was just using like biodegradable plastic bags and slowly I found out that Clean Up Australia Day provide um, like a cleanup kit for those doing cleanups by themselves or within the community. So I reached out to them and I got myself a kit. So I started to use these like Hessian bags and yeah, I started posting those cleanups and a lot of people were like, wow, that's amazing. I want to get involved. Oh, that's awesome. Do you do this by yourself? Like a lot of people were asking questions and there was not anyone really in my area doing those kind of things or like going around and doing cleanups. So a lot of people wanted to jump on board. And then I started, I did my first community cleanup where I got about, I think, I think it was, it was a really good turnout. Actually, it was about 55 people that rocked up for the first cleanup. Yeah. Once you start seeing the impact that you have on people, even like my friends today, like seeing them recycle certain things or bring their keep cup to a cafe or do things like that you kind of think oh wait I've had that influence on them or I've kind of created that change in their lives so seeing that along the way definitely helped me become a bit more confident in the idea and little little project because yeah at the start it was a little bit nerve-wracking and I didn't know who would follow I didn't know if people want to get involved but I was just like okay Candice if you stay consistent to it like what's this what can you lose from it you know what I mean yeah, you created an Instagram and yeah, you post some pictures and a couple of people would like it. Like you're not really losing anything from it. If anything, you've only got things to gain from it. So I just kept consistent with my posts and yeah, obviously kept doing my cleanups and yeah, it slowly built upon that. That is huge to get 50 something people to like come out and pick up a rubbish with you, which I'm sure like gave you that bit like oh shit this is something exactly and people realize that cleanups are actually so much fun like you come to a cleanup you socialize you pick up rubbish it's a beautiful day you're in a park you go for a walk like it's just a really good time and it goes for only an hour or two hours so it's a short period of time in your day you take out and yeah it's just you're giving back to the environment you're giving back to the community it's always good to get involved in something it was awesome and honestly after that first cleanup event it kind of like made me want more and to get more people involved it gave me different ideas it gave me like it kind of just my I blew up after that so yeah it was awesome it's been a little roller coaster but it's been fun and COVID put like a little spanner in the works but it was fun I think the the thing that I really love about it is it has that community element and I think like as millennials and and Gen Z we're all looking for like we're so much more privileged than the generations before. We have so much more opportunity now than so many of the generations before. And our biggest thing is like, we're looking for purpose. We're looking for something more. We're all having some kind of an existential crisis. And I think this, and one of the things we're lacking is like community. So here it gives you purpose outside of the work you're doing. Like everyone's looking for like purpose in their work. And sometimes like work can just be to make your money, leave, and you can contribute in whatever other way you can like at the end of the day we live in a capitalist society we've got to make money to live and survive like but we can leave our mark in other ways and not only like by creating something like you have you've created this amazing initiative and I'm sure like I can see this being your thing like as as it grows and as it begins a thing and you can put more and more time and energy into it but for other people it's like I've done my, like I've done my good deed and now I'm learning more and contributing and outside of work now, this has become my everyday. Like I use a keep cup now or I recycle these other things and that gives you purpose. Like that gives you fulfillment and it's so important to find things like that and for us not to focus on like, oh, I need to do my passion or I need to 
work on my purpose every day and stuff like that. Like, no, these little things are, can be those things for you. And I think that's um, amazing that you're creating this for people and giving people this opportunity to open their eyes up to this new world and to also like make connections throughout it. Like I'm sure that the people that come to the events, like get to connect over new things and you start new conversations with your friendship groups because of this stuff that you're doing. Yeah, no, for sure. It's so good. I feel like, yeah, as you said, the element of community is so important and I feel like we have the community. It's just how we kind of get involved and I feel like with youth these days or the younger people, they always struggle to kind of get involved with their community. So it's good to have events like this that kind of brings people together in a friendly kind of, yeah, you're doing your part, but also, yeah, you can start those conversations. You can meet new people. You can network. You can, yeah. And how has this shaped the conversations that, like when this first kind of started, did this shape the conversations you were having with your friends? Like, were your conversations one thing? And when you started this, did you find the conversations shifted at all or did it not have an impact? No, for sure. Like, a lot of the time I would talk to people, I remember, um, like, when Australia was going through a recycling crisis, I think it was, like, two years ago or just under two years ago, um, that was pretty much involved in every single one of my conversations that I was having. And so, yeah, when it comes to, it's not even anything to do with the environment, but yeah, it's definitely like opened up a lot of conversations and we definitely have some interesting topics now when it comes to talking about it. And the Little Little Project definitely has been a part of that. The, the, the next thing I really want to talk to you about is that I think, like I, I said before, I was like, oh, environment, sustainability, climate change. Like sometimes we put all of these things under like, one big like umbrella like you know like you care about like the impact you're having on the world or whatever and I think sometimes people assume that areas are oversaturated right they're like oh I can't I can't talk about that because like environment stuff like everyone's talking about that or like um I can't talk about I can't start a page about this or I can't um change the initiative of my business because like everyone's doing that now Uh, but the interesting thing that the little little project kind of showcases is that you chose like a niche within this big umbrella term that was solving one small problem that kind of contributed to everything else and it has such a massive impact and I think that is like such a brilliant thing because we look at things often at scale and I think the influence of like the internet and social media have an impact on that. Like when we think now we think big and we think how can this be like the biggest thing ever or, you know, how can I be the next Amazon or whatever it is. But things like this, often the smaller you go, the niche you go, you're try- if you try and solve one problem that you see, that's the way that you can make the biggest impact because often you start to get overwhelmed with all of the issues. So how have you found focusing on just the rubbish recycling element of things? And have you found yourself going off or trying to start talking about something else or feeling as though the whole environment is like the world is like on your shoulders with this project and you need to solve all the problems? I feel like it's very easy to get sucked into that. And I feel like sometimes people might think that just because you are an environmental organization that you do have to cover every single little bit. 
but um, I made it a point to myself that no matter what people say, no matter what people think, that I'm just going to focus on plastic pollution and managing our waste because if I commit 100% to that and kind of all my events, all my topics, all my talks, everything that I do revolves around it, then at least that I know that, yeah, I'm putting 100% of my energy, my time, my research, everything into that one bit and I just make the small day-to-day changes or I love to encourage people to make small day-to-day changes in their life in order to make a bigger impact um, or like make a bigger scale impact. So I kind of just want, yeah, if it's those reducing our rubbish, whether it be like putting our soft plastics into the bullies bins or recycling the right, make sure you check your recycling before you put it in to see if you can recycle it or not, or whether it be, washing your contaminated or washing your containers before you actually put it in the recycle bin or using your keep cup when you go to a cafe or like just small little day-to-day things which we don't even think about really if you had to minimize it or find an alternative or change it then how it would impact your us on like a larger scale because if everyone had to do that every single day then that's massive and for especially for Australia when it comes to recycling we've had our We've had a bit of issues when it comes to recycling, but we've slowly, slowly getting back into it. But I feel like we shouldn't have to rely on other companies or our recycling industry or our councils in order to make these changes. We should be making these changes daily in our lives and be more um, conscious when it comes to what we're throwing in our bins, how we're throwing it in our bins, and if we need to throw it in our bin. If we have pasta jars, do we need to throw it into the bin, the recycle bin every single time? No, we don't. We can... I collect my pasta jars and I use them when I go to the source bulk food stores and I fill them up with tea or I fill them up with um, lentils or I fill them up with muesli. And there's just so many different ways. I look at my parents um, who have come from India years ago and they literally um, used to use like one jar or one cup for years and years and years. They used to recycle their items over. They used to return their milk bottles and get their bag and paper and bag and fish and paper bags. And they used to live such a low, a minimal and low waste life like there just used to be no plastic waste no rubbish nothing and I'm like how can we go from something like that to something like this now where we solemnly where you go to the supermarket and every single item is wrapped in plastic our fruit and vegetables are wrapped in plastic which already have like a natural um cover on them like you don't even have to wrap them we wash them and we or we peel them anyway so I just look at it and I'm like how is it that our we have turned become so lazy and how society become like this to the fact where every single item is wrapped in plastic and now we just rely on it for everything. Oh, so it's just, it's just crazy when you think about it in that way. And that's why I just like to make our small day-to-day changes or I like to really encourage people to kind of um, make those changes on a smaller scale at least then, yeah, you just never know. And it's honestly shifts your lifestyle and you realize that you do not need certain things in your life. You do not need to do it this way because yeah, you just needed to get used to it, kind of get into the routine of it, and it becomes like a habit. Yeah, I love that. And it, it, it is so interesting how you say about your parents and how they grew up and how they did things. Because I had this conversation with my mum the other day and she just, like I was trying to explain to her, like we don't need to, like don't put your vegetables in a plastic bag when you're at the supermarket. Like you don't need it. And she's just like, oh, but, and I was like, I was like, I don't understand because my grandparents grew all of their own like vegetables, had like these huge containers outside that would 
um, catch all the water and they would water their garden with it. Like even at some points, like they had connected it to like the washing. They, they had done some crazy shit like that. And, and again, same with their jars things, and all yeah. of that stuff. And I was saying to my mum, like, how did you grow up in a household like that? And now you not want to do the same thing or keep that or do something else. I was like, where did that get lost? And I guess I, I don't know, but maybe it was like it was seen as like this, maybe not like a, a a frugal thing. I don't know. Maybe it was seen as less of an environmental impact thing and more of like we're trying to be like we don't have the money for this stuff and or maybe like it was that kind of mindset. Whereas and then our parent, the next generation maybe like were like, oh, because it was embarrassing for us to recycle or is I even know like um with Sarah, the founder of Hunter Markets, like she was saying she had to she went and had all her like sisters hand me down clothes and she was like, I had to try and make it be cool. Like I had to try and make hand me downs be cool. And now they are kind of like they're becoming cool again. But they- Yeah, now thrift shops come back. Hunter Markets is popping. Literally, but there was that like <laughs> there was that period where it was the embarrassment of what that was because it was associated with being maybe not poor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like poor or, or not as like wealthy as other people or whatever. And that embarrassment led to like this over consumerism, this need to prove ourselves in all these other ways when we should have just kept that minimalist. Like kind of, yeah, I know it's, it's so crazy. sad. It's crazy how it's changed so much and, like, only when you sit down and think about it, like, like the small little details, then you realise that how much it's changed over the years. And, it, yeah, it definitely probably does come down to something like that, but I also think it does massively come down to convenience. Yes. Um, everything is just, yeah, like things will just last longer and more accessible and easier to clean or easier. Like there's just so many reasons now why... Um, everything is being packaged this way and more hygienic and mm. COVID-free and everything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's just all these reasons. And yeah. it's sad that it's become like this, but, yeah, like, how do we even turn back? The more conversations I have with people, the more I realise that everything is so intertwined. We're overworked now because, like, you know, we've got all of these things and, and we need to be, like, on all the time and our social lives are so different. So we feel like we don't have the time to cut up our vegetables it's easier for us to buy already cut up vegetables that are in a plastic bag or like pre-cut vegetables yeah like all of this kind of stuff because we're like I actually just don't have the time but our screen times are like six seven eight plus hours a day and you're like oh you really (laughs) like really let's think about this um and I have to catch myself all the time yeah we have become really lazy it's sad I feel like if we can kind of reverse those ways, even if it's in like the most minor detail, then it's awesome. But yeah, I feel like it comes down to each of us to kind of realize that we're generating all this waste every day. Like surely you think that something has to be done about it. This waste is going somewhere. You know what I mean? Once people throw something in the bin, they think that that's the end of their problems. But by throwing it in the bin, there's a whole nother problem with that. Like once you put it in your landfill, that's not it. It just doesn't, doesn't disappear. The landfills are like filling up every day our oceans are being like are full of plastic pollution and full of plastic waste you go to any of our parks and i'm guaranteed you could pick up a whole bag 
Like our waste is going places and I think people need to realise that, yeah, once they throw it in the bin or once they throw it on the footpath, wherever they throw it, that's not the end of your problems. No, you're creating a whole other issue. You're creating a whole other problem by doing that. So, yeah, we've got to realise that, yeah, now these days, as we said, that there's just all, everything now is covered in plastic or covered in this single-use items that it's got to be going somewhere. So we've got to kind of think where where we can reduce our waste and where we can do our part because, yeah, it comes down to us at the end of the day to make these changes. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think one of the problems is we're all so short-sighted. We don't think, like you said, long-term um, effects or if it doesn't directly affect us right now, we don't see it. And I love that you spoke about it as it, it being a habit change and starting small in that way. And I think one thing that's become super trendy is like I'm living a healthy lifestyle and changing your habits to be healthy and stuff like that. And it's easier for us to jump on board to something like that because it directly affects how we feel, how we look, like all of those other things. However, like adopting habits like this is going to like, I don't know, have our children live in a decent world, (laughs) like, you know, and, and all of these other things. Exactly. So if you had something like, if someone was sitting here listening like, fuck, I need to like sort myself out. I need to start some way, but I'm super overwhelmed right now. Like there are so many things that I'm learning about and I feel like an idiot because I've never considered any of this stuff. Um, What would be one kind of small thing that they could do to start building that habit? And then from there, usually it becomes a snowball, right? Like you change one small thing and you're like, oh, actually. Yeah, no, I definitely think about like, as we talked about supermarkets, I feel like that's a massive step. So just when you go to the supermarket, start being more conscious. That I don't mean to go buy everything that's in paper boxes or paper bags and for you to be completely like go 100%, like flip 100%. I mean, just, yeah, small things, as you said, like your you said to your mum or your grandma that to stop taking, getting the fruit and veg in plastic bags, like just small things like that. If you eliminate those produce bags from your supermarket, supermarket visits every single time, that's already like so many plastic bags that you just automatically cut out of your life. So if you just start off with one, yeah, one small change and I know supermarkets or shopping visits are a big thing because they contribute massively, then that's it. Like I know a lot of people that still buy like the big packs of water bottles to keep at home and they keep in their fridge. Maybe just cut that out once a month and that's already like 100 water bottles that you've cut out. And small things, you just look around your house and you realise, okay, I don't actually really need that. I don't even know why I'm buying that. I can change it for this. Oh, this is an alternative for this. So, yeah, just to kind of like educate yourself on the topic and not even on the topic on these items and yeah eventually as you said it's a snowball effect you'll realize later on and this doesn't have to be something that you do overnight I get it it's a big change for a lot of people and something that you kind of just teach yourself along the way and even people like me like I'm still learning a lot when it comes to plastic pollution when it comes to managing my own waste like even in my household with my parents with my bra I'm still teaching them a lot or they're still learning a lot and yeah, we're all just got to be a bit more like open-minded, accepting, kind of trying new things, trial and error and see how we go. But yeah, it's just taking on that change and actually do it, taking some action when it comes to it, instead of saying you'll do it or seeing other people do it, it's doing it for yourself. So I feel like taking action is always like a big part of it because yeah, we always like promise ourselves we'll do something. Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it next supermarket visit. Okay. Maybe I'll try this next time, but 
yeah, you just got to make it happen. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I love that. And you made a really great point about how you're still learning about things. And I think the assumption is that, oh, like sometimes we feel guilty for not knowing things. And I think we all have to like come to this realization that like, we're never going to know everything. (laughs) And there's always something that we can improve on. And as long as you're literally like we are flawed creatures let's accept that yeah and um that like you you should be and if people are making you feel bad about something when you are trying that's on them less on you like we should constantly be trying to be better we should constantly be learning new things and if you think you know everything sorry doll you know nothing then you know like uh, I think it's 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 super important and it's one thing everyone feels so embarrassed. I know. You can't go be watching Seaspiracy on Netflix and just know everything. <laughs> Literally, yeah. And, and I think it, it is. It's something that I, I hear people, like whenever we have conversations and stuff like that, people feel so guilty or they feel dumb or they feel defensive and that's where like all of those things happen because – they don't know and and the unknown can be really scary and it can bring up a lot of things for people but um so I love that starting small and and trying to make things a habit um is a really brilliant thing and your Instagram page is a great way to become educated about that stuff too and and to learn or to just come to um one of your events if you are in Melbourne and and contribute in that way um I think is is an amazing start for people if they're not sure how to get going, or if their friendship groups don't talk about this stuff and you try and bring it up with them and they're not having a bar of it, to come to things like this I think is um, a really great way to to kick things off. So it's amazing that there are. No, I appreciate it. That's awesome. No, thank you so much. No, it's definitely, yeah, it's a little bit of project has definitely like brought a little, we have our own little community now, which is awesome, but yeah, it's so easy to kind of start these conversations and kind of get involved in these events. You just need to do it, you know what I mean? Not even, like, think about it. You kind of just need to put yourself out there and do it. I feel like there's so many times all we learn the most about ourselves when we put ourselves in a position where where it's new and we've never tried it before. So it's always awesome to kind of, like, test the waters, try something out. And, yeah, you just never know where it might land you. A hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. Everyone I speak to is like, just you just got to do it. Like, stop, do it. And, and I think hopefully everyone that, like, listens to the podcast are, are doers and they know or they're ready to take action. But it is. It's so important. And failing and learning and making mistakes is is just, like, part of the process. It's all part of life, exactly. Like, I went for this um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu trial the other day. Because I was just like, oh, okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a new thing, right? I feel like everyone's doing it now. Or jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts. I hear so many people doing this shit now. Honestly, like, I was just like, I want to try some kind of martial arts because, I don't know, there was just a lot going on. And I was like, what have I got to lose? And so I kind of tried a martial. I signed up for this place and I was like, okay, let's do a trial. And I did it and it was really intimidating walking in because there was just all these men everywhere and they all like black belts and like looked like they knew what was going on. But I walked in, <laughs> I walked in, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know where to go. I didn't even know who to talk to. And there was all these like men everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? This is so scary. This is so intimidating. 
And I was like, no, Candice, like you've signed up for this. You want to do it? We're walking in. I went in and we signed up and I ended up having the best time on my first class. And the guy that the teacher that was holding the class was like, you're awesome. And I'm like, really? And he's like, no, you're really good for someone that's never done martial arts before. And I'm like, no, thank you. And so, yeah, moral of the story, you actually never know, like when you're put in positions like this where you feel completely vulnerable, feel so intimidated or scared, you learn so much about yourself and, you, yeah, it's exciting and scary at the same time. So, yeah, that's a little, like, backstory. <laughs> that is amazing that is so cool I love I love things like that and I think more people need to do shit that scares them or random little things like if you think of like you telling me that I'm like oh yeah she just went to a martial arts class or whatever but I would have felt like like to anyone else when you're speaking about it you're like how was I so like scared or embarrassed to do something like that because when you're talking about it, it's like yeah of course like you just went and tried something but when you're in it it is so difficult and it is so hard and it's so it's like vulnerable to like put yourself out in new situations where you don't know things yeah exactly and it was like so male dominant and people that were already there and they're like geese and their belts and like everyone knew what they were doing and this me completely walked into this new sport this new situation like everything was new to me that I wasn't familiar with one single thing there and I was like no, this is scary, but yeah, this kind of like adrenaline kicks in. You're like, all right, let's just do it. Do you think starting something like the Little Litter Project has gotten you to try new things or to seek out different experiences because of the doors that it has opened for you in that way? Like, do you think that has contributed or has that always been something that's been part of your personality? I definitely think it's part of my personality. I've always kind of loved to try new things. I've always like signed up for random things or done crazy experiences or I just love to put myself in situations where I kind of freak out pretty much but (laughs) no I've always been part of it but Little Little Project was definitely like a very scary experience for me but no I'm kind of glad I took that road and I went down that road because not only has it like become a little bit bigger and it's kind of grown into this community it's also allowed me to have such cool opportunities like number one speaking on podcasts and speaking on panels and also I was um, got a couple of council awards which was awesome and yeah little things like that speak at schools like to just be able to speak to children is just the most amazing thing ever and speak at events and it's just opened up all these different doors and I've met all these awesome people that are doing amazing things so it's not only just it's not only the litter and yeah, the cleanups and this and this and that. It's also the people that I've met through the journey and the doors, as you said, it's opened up for me and where it's landed me. And yeah, just being more, being able to have my say or people be able to hear my voice in the community. So yeah, it's been awesome. And it's been like a long ride and yeah, definitely like new things have popped up and I've turned into the biggest yes man when it's come to little, little, like anyone that approaches me and is like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, let's do it. So, because you just never know where it might land you and, yeah, or the people you might speak to or the conversations you might start. And the thing about, like, a little bit of project is that you can easily find common ground in your conversations with a lot of people when it comes to not even just environmental topics, just, like, yeah, yeah, like hearing your voice or this or that or being able to speak up or important issues in your life or there's just so many things. So, no, it's definitely... um, led me to some crazy opportunities and experiences, but totally grateful for everything that's happened with it. 
I love that. That's amazing. So what do you see for the future of the Little Litter Project? Like what is the big dream for it? And and have you gotten to a point where you are okay to like verbalise that or you have any idea? Because I know like that is super daunting when you start something as a little project and it starts to kind of grow and then you're like, am I being like can like could it actually be something that I'm like doing like what could the potential be am I allowed to dream big like or are you super cool with with doing that kind of stuff no obviously I'd love to dream dream big and I feel like I was always like little little project has always been on the side for me because obviously I wanted to focus on my career or I want to focus on um other things but recently my sister I think it was my sister and my dad was like to me they were like you know you need to start thinking of it as like um as like a big part of your life because obviously it is and it ties in a lot I'll think of it as also as like a business because it does tie in a lot with um what I'm doing but also what I want to do and yeah I feel like with a little bit of there's just so much that can come out of it whether it be getting involved with bigger organisations or speaking at schools or events or just kind of like growing the name and kind of getting it more out of Melbourne as well. I know that I've just started up locally and I've just started up with that within my council. But, yeah, I'd love to grow the name and kind of get it out there a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm down for the journey and I'm down for the ride and where little it takes me, I'm so excited. But, yeah, I'll definitely love to dream big when it comes to it and kind of just to keep it as it is and to keep doing my cleanups and doing my events, but on a bigger scale, yeah. I love that. How exciting. And I'm sure you'll get there. Like I can see, I, I think it, it is when someone's so passionate about something and I don't see you ever being like little literature project won't be a thing. I think that's when you know something's going to be like big, you know, yeah. because the person who started it is not going like, the only the only way something stops is if you stop, right? And I can't see if you, you stop, stopping exactly. anything like this. Yeah. And I think it's no, important no for chance. people to know as well, like you have such an engaged community and we often get stuck in numbers or we get stuck in like um, Instagram followers or all of this kind of stuff. And you've made such a huge impact, had so many opportunities, um, spoke, like you mentioned, spoken on panels, had awards and stuff like that. And your Instagram following is under a thousand. And I want to like drill into people that like that shit does not matter. Like (laughs) clearly the people that are within that one are so engaged and passionate and you're getting huge turnouts at your events. Like 50 people is like, even 20 people is huge. Like if you think, when you're thinking about that, you're like, fuck, that is like people have actually come out, taken time out of their day to do this thing. And it like that stuff doesn't matter. And and I think that's a lot of people's worries. At least one of the things I get asked a lot is like, oh, like, but no one's like, I don't have many followers or like whatever and stuff like that. It's like, it doesn't matter the amount, it matters the engagement and what you're saying and like that you love doing it, you know? Um, so I think I think that's like something important and yeah, all of that stuff comes um, in time and, and I just think it's it's amazing that you've been, you've been, this has been like this slow burner side project that I can see being like, your thing, your full-time big little little project, you know, you're doing like little little project X big companies and all of that. I'm very grateful. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, as you said, I've never second thought or even thought about my followers. For me, 
it's more the people that actually rock up at the end of the day than the followers. And I'm very grateful um, to have such supportive people in my life, my friends, people that are through uni. And as I said, like the Lilita Project, it's allowed me to reconnect with a lot of people. So whether it be like people from primary school or people from second year uni subject or someone that I met at volunteering here or someone that I did this, like I've reconnected with all these different people and I'm so grateful to have even like my friends to rock up all my cleanups and kind of show that support and share my posters and want to get involved. I'm very grateful for the support team that I have behind me. But yeah, the community is awesome. And I've never actually yeah, looked at my following and been like, oh my God, I've only got this amount of followers because it shows, as you said, like when I do have my events or when I do post content and stuff like that, I'm still like having so much engagement and I'm just getting so much back from the community. So that's what's that's what matters to me at the end of the day more than any, more than the likes or the comments or the followers. Yeah. 100%. So important. Um, and that's amazing. I can't wait to see where it, where it takes you and um, what happens over the next few years because I think, like, once we start to accept, I know, like, with the millennial crisis stuff, it took me ages to be like, maybe I should, like, start treating this as, like, a real thing instead of this little, like, fun side thing, like, little fun side thing I have, like, but it's just, like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, my little passion project. Um, as soon as you, like, turn over from, like, it just being that to you being, like, nah, like, people are interested in this for a reason and there's clearly a need. Once you, I think, come to that realisation, that's when, like, things actually happen and you do like grow because you're treating it as seriously as you would treat, like you said, your career and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what's going to happen for you next. Thank you so much, Demi. And like, it does make it, I feel like slowly, slowly, um, there is a lot of environmental awareness being raised, whether it be like through documentaries, like Sea Spiracy, or whether it be through Coles and Woolies. Like I know Australia, Victoria is banning single use plastics in the year 2022, so, like, there is action being taken. I know it might be slowly, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of environmental awareness being raised and a lot of um, people getting aboard now where the big organisations or companies kind of trying to cut their emissions or do this or cut their footprint or there's small, small, small area. Actually, not small, that's kind of big. But, yeah, everyone's kind of doing their part slowly and it's becoming more of a thing as people are realising that it is an issue that is affecting us now and that it's not a future climate change or whatever isn't a future um, uh, issue. But, yeah, on a smaller scale, as I said, it's good to see that people are slowly starting to make changes. And I know after COVID it was tough because we were doing really well before COVID and then COVID hit and we kind of went into, like, this single-use wave of, like, styrofoam and masks and gloves. So it's good to see that we're slowly kind of bouncing back to our ways after that. And I know it might take time, but it's good to see people are taking action and that people are jumping on board of Little Litter Project. Amazing. Unfortunately, we are getting towards the end of the podcast. I feel like I could talk to you about this forever. But I have three questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of each podcast. And so the first question I have for you is, what is the first small step you took to get to where you are right now? Doing a cleanup by myself. And like a lot of people, they think that I feel like I was so worried about what other people would think if they saw some random girl on the side of the road with a plastic bag picking up rubbish. But that was, it's, it's a small step, but at the same time, it's a big step because that small step then led to 
so much more. And by me realizing that it's okay for me to do that cleanup by myself, then I realized that, okay, it's okay for me to start this organization or start this project by myself. So yeah, small steps definitely kind of like led to bigger things. Amazing. I love that. And also doing things on your own is so empowering too. Like you're like, oh, I actually don't need It's so empowering. For sure. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you're young as well, like you think, oh, I might need someone else to help me. Like, no, you don't need anyone. You can do that by yourself. Yeah, I love that. Uh, The next question I have for you is, what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privileged problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health and well-being. Yeah, like going to a cafe and going to a cafe now and they don't have oat milk and you just kind of like what do you mean you guys don't have oat milk? (laughs) Sourced milk right now and you're saying you don't have any? (laughs) All right, actually, I'd probably be lying. Can I say that? That's a good one. Because I went to a cafe, this triggered me because I went to a cafe like two weeks ago and they didn't have oat milk. And I kind of looked at them and I'm like, what milk do you expect me to get? But I read this article about almond milk the other day and I'm not one of those people who just read something and just usually just like, 100% goes by it but I read this article and it was like that um almond milk is just like most unsustainably sourced or it's just like the worst kind of environmental environmentally sourced milk you can buy and I've been my brother literally has like a smoothie every single day so we buy like bottles and bottles and bottles of almond milk in the little tetra packs and I was just like oh my goodness I'm like that is crazy and all these years we've been buying almond milk and little did I know that it was literally like the worst kind of milk you can buy for the environment. Great millennial crisis to have. Final question I have for you is what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? I really want to go to Hobart. Like I feel like it's so underrated, but it's meant to be like the New Zealand Australia. Like I feel like, yeah, Australia's become like, like obviously it's amazing. We have everything here in Australia. But I don't know. I feel like I've just... And I don't know if it's just because, like, my series been listening to me, so I've always been getting these flight pop-ups for, like, $69 flights to Hobart, and I'm just like, ooh. And so the other day I, like, researched into it, and I was like, Hobart just looks unreal. It just looks like it's straight out of, like, Lord of the Rings or something, and I'm like, I need to see it. And so I've been dreaming about it a lot lately, and I'm very curious about it. I agree. I love that. Great answer. Each week I set a challenge for our listeners and I know you have a challenge that you would like to set for everyone this week. So did you want to explain a little bit about what you would like everyone to do this week? Yeah, so this week if you do go for a walk, you do go for a run, if you head out to a park this weekend or if you go for a walk along the beach, whatever it is, I'd like there's this initiative called Take Three for the Sea and I know they're meant to be just like they don't really focus straightly on the sea but just to pick up three pieces of rubbish, no matter what it is, when you leave that place or when you go for a walk, even if it's just three of the smallest bits of pieces of rubbish and yeah, just throw it in the bin. And I feel like that would be, makes you more environmentally conscious when you go for a walk every time you start realizing the rubbish, but also you've done your part for the day. So I feel like it's awesome to kind of, whether it be every single time you go for a walk or it can just be even today or tomorrow, whenever you decide to go to kind of just, pick up three pieces of rubbish, throw it in the bin and do your part for the environment where possible. Amazing. I love that. And I will be sure to do that as well. If you do that, please 
post it on your stories, tag the Little Litter Project, tag the Millennial Crisis and let's see how many, like if you didn't post it, it never happened. So let us know, show us what you are doing. And also it creates a snowball, encourage someone else to do it as well, whether you're guilting them into doing it or you are raising awareness for it. We don't care as long as the rubbish is getting picked up, right? Exactly. Throw some facts down on them, scare them a little bit. Yes. Yes. Tell them that it'll be killing the birds and the turtles and I'm sure they'll pick it up. Right. I started following this guy a while little girl called um Pete picks up trash or Pete picks up litter or something like that and every day he just it's just a photo of his hand with rubbish in it and it reminds me every day like I should pick something up because I see it like just because I see it and I think like following pages like that or seeing stuff like that on your story and I'm sure like that's what happened with your friends like them seeing you do this stuff all the time they started to notice these things and it's so it's so powerful seeing something like that. So do that, um, and also exactly, and, and you'll feel really good after it as well. Yeah, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. I've just avoided three pieces of plastic from getting washed up into our waterways and hitting our oceans. And yeah, like it, you just feel really good and really, it's really satisfying seeing it gone from the environment. So no, I definitely encourage people to give it a go. What have you got to lose? So if not doing it for the environment, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Self-guard. <laughs> no. Um, no, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for sharing all of your recycling wisdom with us. And for anybody who is in Melbourne and wants to get involved, go and check out the Little Litter Project and see when their next event is or if you follow the page you'll be able to get involved in some other way no thank you so much for having me on the podcast today Demi it's been awesome I really enjoy the chats it's been so much fun amazing thank you again <laughs> and I'm excited to see where the little little project goes bye thanks so much for listening to that episode I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did As always, if you haven't left us a review, please do so and share this with a friend that you think would enjoy this conversation. If you do this week's challenge, take a photo, tag the Millennial Crisis and tag the Little Litter Project. Encourage other people to pick up some rubbish while they're out on their walk or exploring a park, taking your dog out to do its business. It's so important for us to encourage each other to pick up the shit we see on the streets. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you again next week.